What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Oh, hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. Former Nation's Capital, it is Wednesday, August 10, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 568 of the Biden-Harris administration, 89 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go, and our Patreon, as always, is BobSeskaShow.com. So today we're talking with gun control activist Andy Parker. Seven years ago this month, Andy's daughter Allison was shot and killed on live television while she was reporting the news for WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. I think we all remember hearing about that story when it happened, and some of us have even seen the horrifying video that was circulating at the time. Now, Andy's formed a PAC to raise money for candidates who support both gun safety laws and reforming social media. The PAC is called Andy's Fight, andysfight.com to donate. His book is called For Allison, The Murder of a Young Journalist and a Father's Fight for Gun Safety. And you can follow Andy on Twitter at AndyParkerVA. Links in the description for all of that stuff. Meantime, if you like what you hear today, please help support this show by subscribing to our bonus content at patreon.com slash show. Okay, uh, this was an emotional and compelling chat. You're going to want to listen all the way through to the end. So here we go. Bob Seska! Well, hey, Bob. Hey, there he is. Hey, Andy, how you doing? I'm good. Um, We had one of the weirdest introductions ever. Cliff Schechter, one of your advisors, called me up and asked me if I could help you guys out with adding a video to Twitter, and we couldn't unravel the mystery of creating a thumbnail or something like that. It's just like, oh, hi, Andy, I'm Bob. Now let's you figure know, out this problem on Twitter together. But yeah, that, that thank, <laughs> thankfully, you... Uh, you came to the rescue and it worked <laughs> and I have George Takei to thank for it. Well, what was the deal with George Takei? Well, George, you know, he is, he's one of my followers. I mean, you know, I was, when I ran for Congress, you know, I had this, this woman that I hired and and my initial thought was, well, why do I need somebody that to handle Twitter for me? I have 980 followers. <laughs> I mean, I can do that stuff myself. Yeah. 
And then I realized very quickly that no, I needed, <laughs> because as soon as I announced, you know, it, it, it was, I mean, I got 3 million impressions according to, you know, the analytics and all of that. But I, she just said, look, you, you leave it alone. Let me do this, <laughs> which I think most, you know, most people are, you know, certainly anybody in Congress. I mean, most of them have some have a staffer or somebody like a, or a, oh, yeah. a comms person that does all their Twitter stuff. Yeah, a lot of celebrities do that, too. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of celebrities, you know, people that with a, with a with huge, you know, much bigger followings than I do. I mean, I, I now have close to 60,000. I mean, it was nice. like 58, 59, eight or whatever it is. So but it, it, it increased very quickly. And then I realized, yes, I need somebody to manage this. <laughs> so, um, you know, when the campaign was over, and so I really never paid any attention to it. I, I, you know, so how does uh, how does George come into all this? Well, I'm I'm getting to that. Oh, okay, so, gotcha. So, yeah, <laughs> so I didn't. Yeah, it's a. I always like to make a short story long, but uh, the, so I'm I'm going. Somebody said, "Well, go, you know, take a look at Twitter analytics just to see, you know." You, you, you can learn a lot. Mm -hmm. And so, so I got to, I went into Twitter analytics and what it does is it shows you, you know, you go through by month and it doesn't give you a tremendous, you know, a, a, an enormous amount of data, but you can see, you know, in one particular area, it's like your top follower. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in February, my top follower was George Takai. Mr. Sulu is following me, <laughs> right. you know, I'm going through and I'm looking at some of the other, it's like Mary Trump, Maria Shriver. Are you kidding? I mean, so I'm, I'm seeing that all these people, you know, that, that I had no idea that they were, you know, following me on Twitter mm -hmm. are, are, are there. And so what I did was I, you know, the, the, because I couldn't get it through Twitter analytics, I ended up getting a, finding a, a, a software program or an app that would pull all of your Twitter data and, you know, just all the metrics and, you know, analytics and all that stuff. But the main thing for me was who are my, you know, who are the people that have the biggest followings that are following me? Mm -hmm. And so from that, I was able to deduce, you know, I was able to go through that list. And, and, and that was part of the reason why, you know, we were why there was such a such a sense of urgency when you and I talked a couple of weeks ago or whenever it was, <laughs> because I went through that list and I'm, you know, that's when I'm seeing, you know, George and um, you know, Maria Shriver and Mika Brzezinski and, you know, all these people. Are like, oh, that's incredible. Shit. Yeah, yeah, it is. <clears throat> so in advance of the launch, I sent them all, you know, the, like the top 70 people, I sent them a message a, a dm that said hey i'm launching this pack tomorrow at noon mm -hmm. and so that's when george george replied and he said hey you know and i actually included the 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 youtube video not the one that we embedded that we that you shrunk and we're, we were able to stick into twitter <laughs> but i i yeah. in, incorporated that and he said hey just a tip if you don't do a video that conforms to twitter standards it's not going to be effective you, oh you know, yeah nobody yeah. will see it twitter right the algorithm buries the youtube video I, exactly yeah. so so you know so that's the long story of thank you george for pointing that out <laughs> yeah and, and that's why we had that such a you know an issue because 
we couldn't, you know, I yeah. damn sure couldn't figure it out. Cliff couldn't either. So, so um, what, ha what happened with your run for Congress then? Well, it, you know, I didn't lose in the primary. In fact, I was going to win the primary. Mm -hmm. um, it simply put, uh, I, I hired a guy that I trusted who ran a successful House of Delegates campaign. Um, he, he, he ran Chris Hurst, who was Allison's boyfriend. He ran Chris's first campaign and, and won. Uh, he ran uh, a Senate state Senate campaign who, for the Senate majority leader who won. And then he got promoted to be the head of the uh, Virginia Democratic caucus or party. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a pretty big deal. And this guy, you know, I talked to him, uh, you know, in early December, I said, hey, do you want to, you know, I'd love to, for you to manage my campaign. And he said, yeah, I can I can do that. Be glad to. I need to. Um, uh, I, I need to wait until my gig ends with the with the Virginia uh, uh, with the Virginia Dems. He said, but what I could do is sort of uh, advise behind the scenes. And I've got a guy that I can, you know, that's perfect. You know, he can be your your field guy and he can handle all this stuff, mm -hmm. i.e., you know, the, the most important thing at that point was to get valid petition, valid signatures to get on the ballot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to have a thousand signatures to get on the ballot. Right. right? And so. If you the rule of thumb is if you need a thousand, you you need to get fifteen hundred because just to be safe because you're going to get stuff kicked out. And every meeting that we had, you know, we'd have Zoom meetings weekly, and every meeting, uh, I would say, you know, how are we coming on the petitions? Oh, everything's going great, everything's fine. So like ten days before the deadline, you know, this guy that was supposed to be getting the petitions done and you know, he hired stringers to go out and collect signatures as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, well, Carter, how many signatures do we have at this point? He said, well, we've got about five or 600. I said, that makes me very freaking nervous. Yeah. Um, he said, you know, and, and both he and, and Andrew Whitley, who was the, you know, the guy that I, you know, that was supposed to take over in, in April to, to, you know, cause I didn't in, early on, I didn't need a campaign manager because my job, was to raise money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as a candidate, you know, all you, you have to be, you, you go to the occasional event, which there weren't that many. And in the meantime, you spend six hours a day in call time raising mm -hmm. money. And that was my job. So you're already and, running at this point before oh, yeah. all the signatures have been collected. Correct. Gotcha. You know, I was running, you know, I had a primary opponent, <clears throat> which again, I thought I, you know, with I, I had name recognition. People knew who I was, you know, I was, a you know running as a as a moderate democrat you know most mm -hmm. of the stuff that we that the other guy and i agreed on you know we we agreed on but his priority was climate change mine was on guns and google yeah uh my my hook phrase for you know the <laughs> gun issue and and social media issue and so you know with with the name recognition i had and the momentum and the money that i was raising i you know it was kind of a foregone conclusion and even the, the guy, you know, the, my opponent even confided to, to some of his folks. He said, well, I, you know, I can't win this. Um, hmm. But he's the nominee because at the end of the day, these guys turned in. It's like, yeah, well, you know, OK, we got all the petitions done. We turned them in. I said, well, how many did you turn in? He said, well, we, we turned in twelve hundred and I'm going. That's cutting it 
very, very, very close. Yeah. And but it's still it's still over the threshold, right? I mean, it was still more. Well, it was over the threshold, except that they they straight up both of them straight up lied to me. They only turned in they turned in less than eleven hundred signatures, <laughs> and of course, out of that, a bunch of them got kicked out. Uh, you know, a, a, a oh, good chunk of where they were right. canvassing was you know on the mall in Charlottesville, right? The mall in Charlottesville on a weekend. <laughs> if you go to the, which I did that one, you know, one time I, you know, when it was like, well, let me help you. Yeah. And I went up and, and well, half the people, probably over half of the people that are wandering or, you know, up and down the mall, they're from out of town. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're not going to get the signature. So, so we ended up 50 signatures short. Oh God. 50. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. heartbreaking. That had to have been uh, your head must have exploded. Um, yeah, um, you know, and I basically told these guys. I said, you know, I mean, there was no apology. There was no. There was like, oh yeah, we screwed up. Uh, that's too, you know, what a shame. And I just said, you know, if it, if if there's anything that I can do at this point, it's to make sure that you sons of bitches never work in politics again. Right. And hmm. you know, unfortunately, politics is the. Uh, they're filled with people like that. I mean, you know, it's, this isn't the first time that this has happened and you have people that basically just get recycled. Yeah. Um, you know, I think both of them are now in Wisconsin and I think one of them is like a field guy for some campaign. I mean, you know, these guys should never be running, you know, should be, they should never be involved in any campaign uh, you know, a Congress, certainly a congressional camp or state campaign. They shouldn't be involved in a campaign for, you know, mayor of, you know, <laughs> mayor of McDonald land. They shouldn't even yeah, deal with e- that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Do That's you exactly do you ever right. feel inclined to call their current clients and say, Hey, you listen to these guys. Uh, I don't think if, these guys if, are on the level. Yeah. I mean, if we can find them, uh, <laughs> we, we could, right, uh, right, you right. know, and I think the word, you know, certainly that's why they're, they're not in Virginia anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, they're, Word has followed them. And, um, you know, I've got a, a friend of mine in Wisconsin who's an operative up there. And he said, you know, if I can find them, you know, I'll make sure that the word gets out and we'll, you know, we'll <laughs> we'll do what we can. Yeah. But, right. you know, I mean, it is what it is. And, and it, it was yeah, it was heartbreaking to your point. It was devastating. And but but, you know, Bob, the, the thing is, as I, I tell people, look, it is. Is as heartbreaking and and humiliating and devastating as it was. Is it the worst thing that happened to me? Mm-mm. No, that no. happened seven years ago. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, you just kind of keep you got to keep it in perspective like that. Is it something you do again? Do you think you'd try to run again? Uh, that's an interesting question that has been asked. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and maybe going, something maybe something you can't necessarily answer because of Andy's fight. Is that? It? Yeah. Well, it, no, it's not that. It's just that you know, right now, you know, that's when when the campaign was over. That's why when I decided, look, I I've got to do something. You know, I can't just let this, you know, all the the work that I put into it go away. Mm-hmm. And um. You know, I'm not really I wasn't thinking about running again and I was inclined not to just because I knew, you know, it's it's a lot of work. It's a yeah. lot. It's you know, when you're when you're calling two to three hundred people in a in an afternoon and, you know, most people were nice. A lot of people were not. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's just it's a hard it's there's a reason why people don't run for politics. 
and or you know get involved in politics and one of them is you know the the issue that i had with my petitions and then you know it just the the work that goes into it and yeah. i didn't mind the work that you know i actually i was kind of they called me a freak because i actually like call time because when you did actually talk to someone uh it, it was enjoyable i mean it was it was having a conversation and and i had a good story to tell and and um so from that standpoint, I, I enjoyed it, but you know, I've, I've had people like you know Mike Henry, who's who's very astute. He's uh, Tim Kaine's chief of staff and and a good guy and somebody I I talk to you know on a regular basis. And he said, "Well, you know, listen, twenty twenty two was gonna it was shape it's shaping up to be tough. It was gonna be tough for you to to win." Hmm. Now that said, you know, with the way things are going now. I think it's going to be, you know, with Roe and all that's going on, I, yeah. I think it probably, you know, I, I kept think, thinking that fortunes were going to change. Mm -hmm. But that having been said, he, you know, he said, but now 2024, that's a whole different deal. And I said, Mike, I, I, the last thing I'm thinking about is running again anywhere, anytime. Um, I think I can have more fun with this pack and doing the kinds of things and supporting people that alike and, and supporting the causes that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And uh, so, so really that's, you know, I, I feel like that I made, uh, I've got another expression for it, but <laughs> in, in the interest of being, I I'm, I'm trying to make uh lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got a rare interest and that is uh, communicating with people, reaching out to people, meeting people, shaking hands, mm -hmm. the, the whole thing that is required if you're running for office. And that's sure. one thing that I will never have. People always say, well, have you ever considered running for office, Bob? So no, 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 no. Sure. Knocking on doors, meeting people at the mall, things like that. Not yeah. my, not my arena, not in the slightest. So I uh, tip my hat to you. That's a, well, that's a rare thank thing. You. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that's the thing with the pack. I can still do that. I mean, I, the, we're, we're planning a, uh, you know, the, what I call the, we, we haven't exactly nailed, nailed down the, 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 the term yet or the, the handle yet, but it's the, the guns and Google tour. Yeah. Um, and which again is the catchphrase for, you know, what my, my, my uh, my my issues are with with gun safety and and reforming or and doing internet reform but you know we're going to go my, barbara and i are going to go across country and and hit campaigns you know work with campaigns where you know we can be helpful and we can talk to people and we you know i can i can kind of do the stuff that i would have been doing as a as a candidate mm -hmm. but without all the other baggage that goes along with it that's outstanding. And you were mentioning before about how fortunes have changed over the past uh, few weeks, even. So are you feeling pretty good about what's going to happen in November? Um, everywhere from the Virginia fifth and retaining uh, maybe even a house majority. I hope that. Well, I, I think that, that it's still going to be, it's still going to be tight. I mean, I, you know, uh, it, it, it's probably it's it's may sounds vain and egotistical, but <laughs> I think that if I were the candidate right now, I'd be feeling pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know about the other. You know, Josh Throneberg is the is the candidate that's uh, that's running against Bob Good. Um, you know, he's a good guy. Uh, Throneberg is. And, yeah. and uh, but whether he's got the, the juice to 
overcome the demographics in the fifth because you still have it's you know if you take charlottesville and parts of lynchburg out of the equation it's still extremely red mm-hmm. and these people just you know they're rabid they they i don't it doesn't matter you know if trump goes to jail i think these people are still you know you can't convince them yeah yeah and you know there may be too many of those folks um you know, unless every single person in Char- every single Democrat in and independent in Charlottesville and Lynchburg and Danville turn out to vote, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to be able to to uh, you know to to get it over the finish line. You know, that said, I think you know there are races like Abigail Spanberger and Elaine Luria mm-hmm. who are very vulnerable, but I think it's looking better for the you know the 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 atmosphere has changed and i think it makes them not necessarily safe but it makes their race a little bit easier all right more with andy here in just one second but first here's the best way to listen to the bob seska show without all of these pesky commercial interruptions just go right now to our patreon page at bobseskashow.com scroll down to the link for the ultimate edition of the podcast and sign up for just $15 per month. In exchange for your generous support, we're going to give you a completely commercial-free version of the Tuesday show, the Wednesday show, this show right here, and the Thursday shows, plus the Shadow Docket show every Tuesday and Thursday. You're going to get that included in that level of support. But wait, more things. You're also going to get the Friday After Party podcast with me and Kimberly Johnson, all for just $15 per month. Again, that's bobseskashow.com, and we thank you. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, you mentioned uh, seven years since Allison's murder. Um, seventh anniversary is coming up. I think is it August twenty four? Is that is twenty six? Twenty six. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? By the way, I want to talk about guns and Google here in just a second. Yep. But first, uh, sure. tell me about your daughter, Allison. If you want me to tell you about Allison, how much time have you got? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. She she was one of those. I mean, exceptional, rare people that that you know anything that she touched she did well i mean she mm-hmm. was a competitor you know she's you know swam in the in the state swim meet against kids that were you know spending hours in the you know like 12 hours or i don't know how or many every morning you know in a small town like martinsville i think she got three hours of training in in the pool a week wow and yet she was competing with these people she was a you know, she was an unbelievable gymnast um, that, you know, again, went to state 
competitions and then she got too tall and that's when she became a swimmer. Mm -hmm. Uh, but literally, you know, everything that she did, she did well. And, you know, she was, it it was interesting because she was the ugly duckling when she was a kid. I Hmm. mean, you know, she, she was goofy looking and, um, you know, I always, I was, it's funny because I was watching a documentary about Shania Twain Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, what does Shania Twain have to do with this? Well, they were going back and showing videos of Shania Twain when she was like, you know, 11, 12 years old. And it was like, God, this kid is gawky looking and goofy. <laughs> and and it was like Allison. I mean, she went from the ugly duckling into this, you know, beautiful young woman who was, you know, she was as beautiful on the inside as she was on the outside. You know, she <laughs> would turn heads when she walked into a room, but she was... I tell people, you know, in two words, what was she like? She was a kind soul. Wow. She was a kind soul. Yeah. And she, you know, the, the success she had as a, as a journalist, as, a, as you know, she loved being on TV, but it didn't go to her head and mm. people knew that. And, and mm. that's why, you know, when you, when you tell people when her name comes up, everybody knows. And it's, it's almost like, you know, it's like people knew where they were when, when Princess Diana was killed, oh, yeah. or, you know, when yeah. she, and it, but it was, they remember it and they remember, you know, what kind of person she was. And, and, you know, to hear the stories of the people that she interacted with that, you know, said she was, she was just very gracious and kind. And, and, you know, I guess the, the last thing I'll say about that was when we had her celebration of life, um, and it was just a big, it was what she would have wanted. It was just yeah. a giant gathering, a party of people, a band playing. I mean, you know, it was, it was great. And this, this guy comes up in a suit. We never put it. I mean, we didn't know who was coming. We, we showed, you know, we, we got there and it was probably, it was 500 people. Um, and that was just through word of mouth and, Guy comes up in a suit I'd never seen before, and he introduces himself, and he said, I'm Steve Kappas. I'm the executive producer of the CBS Evening News. Hmm. Wow. And I went, uh, it's, uh, you know, nice to meet you. And he said, I just wanted you to know that she would have been with us one day. Wow. What an immense compliment. Yeah. And he wasn't kidding. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he wasn't kidding. She, she just had that. You know, that there was that something special. I mean, it was, you know, I, I did a lot of interviews. Uh, I mean, I, I did nonstop interviews in the in the days, the days after she was killed, because I decided that, you know, that day that I was going to do whatever I could, whatever mm-hmm. it took to try and prevent other parents from having to go through the same hell that that and you know, the, the wrenching, you know, yeah, the gut punch. I mean, all the adjectives that you can describe, I, I just didn't want another family to go through that. And I, I went on Megan Kelly's program that, that night, Chris and I went on. And then, you know, the next day I had a CNN producer uh, at my doorstep. And so, you know, from that time on, I was, I was doing nonstop interviews and I just remember the one and, and you'll, I think you'll get a kick out of this. I mean, I knew who Anderson Cooper was. Um, 
but the rest of them, all these sins, you know, I, I didn't know any of these people because I never, wa- I really never watched, you know, I, I would read the post and, and all of this, but I never mm-hmm. really paid any attention to, you know, the personalities that were on, you know, on these, the, on, on the cable news shows, except yeah, for, yeah. you know, Megan, Megan Kelly, I knew who she was. And that's when, you know, it's like, well, she pissed off Trump. So I, it's like, okay, <laughs> I'll go on her show that night. And because I was getting literally, I mean, one email after another. And oddly enough, it was from Fox News. I mean, it was yeah, like, yeah. Well, will you go on Greta? No, no Scientologist for me. Uh, you know, and then I'd get another from a producer. Would you go on Hannity? It's like, mm. no, of course, in retrospect, I, you know, I, I wanted to do that later to go toe to toe with him. But at that point, it was like, I'm not going to come on this shit. And then yeah. uh, and then when when the thing from the producer from Megyn Kelly came in, I thought, OK, yeah, she had a dust up with Trump. She's probably not terrible. And she would, you know, treat us OK. So I mm-hmm. I asked Chris, I said, do you want to do this? And so we we went. So anyway, from that, it just spawned, you know, everything. Uh, and it seemed like the more interviews I did, the more, you know, people wanted me to go on their programs. But I, I just, you know, this is the long, the long story, the long intro to the, the short story and the impact um, that Allison had. Um, it's hard yeah. for me to get this out without, you know, because I, I just I, I remember we were they had a most of the stuff, most of the interviews in the early going, you know, I was just looking into a camera. Well, CNN, yeah. literally, they had a they had a live truck parked out, you know, in front of my house. And then they actually ran a monitor, you know, to, through, you know, hmm. out. And we did most of the stuff on my deck. And it was, you know, I was doing an interview with Poppy Harlow, who I I didn't know. I mean, I just, I, <laughs> you know, I looked it up. I, I looked her up and, you know, she's this blonde, you know, very pretty blonde, you know, um, anchor. And so as we were getting through the interview and a lot of these were, you know, obviously very tough and painful. And I, you know, I broke down a few times on, on camera and it's like, well, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the end of the interview, I said, Poppy, you know, she was going to be you, Mm -hmm. she was going to be you one day. And I don't know if anybody's ever done this on, you know, that I've seen, but she literally broke down and cried. Wow. She broke down and cried on, on, you know, from her anchor desk on, I'll never forget that. <sighs> Unbelievable. So, yeah. And, and, you know, just hearing you tell these stories, um, the thought that keeps reoccurring in my head is hearing you talk about how you enjoyed reaching out to people and so much of journalism, so much of reporting is about your ability to reach out and communicate with people, whether it's a source, whether it's the yeah. subject of a news story. You have to have that talent, that ability to be able to ask probing questions and to enjoy the interactions with other people. And that was right. certainly a talent that Allison had. Uh, well, as and the other and the other piece of it, and I think the, the maybe even the most important piece of it is that as a journalist, you have to be able to tell a story. Yeah. Exactly. You have to tell a story. And Allison was the consummate storyteller. I mean, mm. she had to come up with a story and tell a story every single morning. And she did it 
I mean, it, it, she was great at it. I mean, it was, she pulled it all together. She, you know, she was able to line up her guests and, and tell that story. And because she was able to do that, I mean, she won, uh, you know, obviously this is posthumously. She won the, the Ted Yates award, which was given to someone that was, you know, I mean, that, that was sort of different. It had, it was because she was killed. I mean, it was, yeah. that, that was, but, then she won for best morning an Emmy for best morning reporter, and she won um, she t- won two Edward R. Murrow awards, and they don't give oh, that out yeah. just to anybody. They don't, you know, that's something that's that's like, you know, and I didn't realize it at the time, but the the Murrow award is like the Oscar. Yeah, the Emmys like the Emmy, the Murrow for journalist and, mm-hmm. and for broadcast. That's that's the Oscar, and she won two because she did a documentary that was, you know, terrific, uh, that she won one for, and then another one that she started, she got halfway through it and then she was killed and, and Chris finished it for her, but they, mm-hmm. they, they won Murrow's for it. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And it's storytelling. Right. Right. Yeah. That's such a huge part of it. And, and it's, I think we sometimes underestimate how uh, challenging that is and how you absolutely need to have, the right set of wiring in your head to be able to yeah. do that successfully. A lot of people can kind of tell a story and kind of work their way through it and maybe get to some sort of a conclusion, maybe get to some sort of point, but it really takes uh, some uh, serious talent. And I know sure. you've, you've got that skill. You can tell that she was uh, her father's daughter in that sense. So that's something that, uh, well, that's, yeah, you can't help but to notice that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of you. And she, she was in band. I mean, that was another thing, you know, she, she picked up the trumpet and then she decided, well, you know, I'm going to play the French horn too. So she wow. played that, you know, she was, a French, yeah. you know, a French horn player and a trumpet player in the band. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they did take band trips every year and, and in sophomore year, they went to Disney world junior year, they, they decided, well, we, we can't go to Disney world this year. We're going to go to Atlanta. And so they went to tour the CNN, you know, building and and offices. And that's where, you know, there's a picture of her in front of the big CNN logo out front. (laughs) And that's when she decided this is what I want to do. Wow. And I mean, she literally, I mean, and then, I mean, she was, she was, she went into beast mode and, (laughs) um, you know, went to JMU. She could have gotten into any, you know, she could have gotten into any university in in Virginia or other places. Well, any, any place, I don't know about Harvard or Yale, but um, she wants, she decided to go to, to James Madison because they had a, the school of media art and design. They had a journalism school and, and in particular, uh, you know, uh, a television journalist uh, journalism school. UVA didn't have that, believe it or not. They they had no program. They had, I think they had journalism, but not like what she was looking for. And so, um, you know, she, she went to JMU, graduated a semester early, could have graduated a year early, but, you know, was enjoying herself. What, what year did she go? What year did she graduate? Uh, she graduated in 2012. Okay. Gotcha. And, um, so she graduated in December of 2012 and um, had a job offer before she got her diploma. That's see that right there. That's all you need to say. 
Because right. clearly she had what it took to get to, to that stage that quickly. That's unheard of. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. And and part of that, I mean, she she had a little bit of help um, just because she had a reel. Uh, she mm-hmm. interned, you know, the, the, the tragic irony of this is she interned at, at WDBJ Channel 7, you know, that summer. Yeah. And that's when she met, you know, her her killer was was working at the station at the time and they really didn't have any interaction i mean again it was just he was just a you know weird dude and she didn't you know they didn't they she went out on like a a, you know a ride with him at one point and that was about the only interaction that she had with him but you know when she got the 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 intern job i said well do you think they're going to Allison, do you think they'll put you on air? I mean, are you going to, you know, this is what your major is. You think you'll do this? She said, oh, dad, they'll, you know, they'll probably just have me, you know, bring in coffee or something like that. Well, <laughs> sure enough, they put her on air. They put her on air. Like, I think she did two or three, at least two or three hits. And that was kind of unheard of too. Yeah. And it, it pissed off some of the people, you know, the people that were, I think, including this, her killer, they didn't like that that an intern was going out and doing stories. And I, I, you know, you can imagine a parent's pride when you see your child, you know, on television, doing a report on television, it was just, you know, it was just, it was, we were over the moon. And so she used that to, you know, she put that, you know, the, the clips together to send out to news directors, you know, and she didn't really send out that many. She sent them out to, you know, we just said, Hey, look, don't go to, you know, we don't want you to to go to North Dakota or any place. <laughs> you know, it when you're just starting out, a lot of times you don't have the choice, but it's like, yeah, just pick someplace warm and someplace close and all of that. And mm. the uh the news director at um WCTI that they they're the they're in the top, you know, top 100 stations in the country. Um they they handle Newburn uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina and Greenville, North Carolina. And so this guy, you know, she sent, she sent the, the video or, you know, her, her tape or demo tape to this guy, uh, you know, like on a Wednesday, well, he calls her up on Friday and says, you know, or ask, you know, they, they talk for a little bit. And then he said, well, we'll get back with you. And then on Monday he offers her a job. <laughs> Wow. And, and I, and I said, she said, dad, what do I do? I I, I said, well, do you want to, she said, cause I told him, I said, well, don't you want to meet me? He said, no, <laughs> I see everything I need to see right here. And, yeah. and so, you know, it, it, I said, Allison, do you, is this something you want to do? Cause it's, you know, it's the beach it's close. And she said, well, yeah. I said, well, then you call him back. Cause at the time I was, I was a headhunter. I mean, that's what I did. I, I, mm. You know, I got jobs for people. So I was in that business. <laughs> I said, if this is, if this sounds like a good fit for you and you like the guy, then you accept the offer. And, you know, she did. And they offered her a salary that was, you know, a, a little bit more than, than what she was, you know, what she was expecting. She thought she won the, won the lot. <laughs> so, um, she probably so would have done it for free. I mean, ultimately when you're at that stage, gigantic accomplishment. Well, and then, and, you know, and, and to finish the, you know, the, the icing on the cake was, you know, they're, they're, they were hiring her to work out of the Greenville office mm. uh, with another reporter. 
And so they they had her come to Greenville first to, uh, you know, to, to, to you know, to, um, you know, to learn the ropes and to, to, you know, to, I'm sorry, to Newburn, which where, you know, so she was, you know, it's like, well, where are you going to live for a month? If you're going to, you know, you can't live in Newburn the whole time and commute. And so, you know, we're looking around, I, I ended up finding her a short term rental at an, at a retirement home. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I said, so I said, Scooter, that was my nickname, but I said, Scooter, you know, just why don't you, you know, make sure you go in and have some of those uh, overcooked green beans with, with the, with the the patrons at the old folks home. So she lived at the, she lived at the old folks home and for a month. And then while she learned to, you know, learn the ropes, they actually put her on the air the very first day that she was there. And it was like, Oh my God. Mm. Well, they saw her talent. And then, you know, again, three weeks after she was there, the news director said, listen, you know, we're, we're kind of changing our thinking here. How would you like to, uh, to run your own bureau, the Jacksonville bureau, you know, we had someone leave, you know, you'll have your own cameraman. Would you like to do it? She's like, well, of course. So, you know, here she is, a month out of school and she's running her own bureau at a a top 100 station. So incredible. Yeah. That's probably more, you know, so I'm I'm glad we had the time to, to, to share that. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for sharing because it's gotta be difficult for you. And so I'm I'm great. I'm grateful for that, Andy. Yeah. No, I, 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 I never get tired of telling Allison stories and, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, there were some there and I, in, in my book, I, I, you know, one of the cathartic experiences that I did in my life was I wrote a book called For Allison, The Murder of a Young Journalist on a Father's Fight for Gun Safety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's obviously, you know, the day she was killed, there's some pretty heavy subject matter. It was hard for me to get through. But yeah. but there are other parts of it. We're, you know, sharing stories about Allison like this. And, um, you know, if, if you've got the time, I want to I want to tell you a real quick one. Yes, that, please. That is is, uh, you know, part of the book and, and, mm-hmm. and part of the, one of my, again, it's my favorite story. Um, so in a rural area, like, you know, where she was, there was, you know, there were the stories were and Jacksonville is, is home to Camp Lejeune. And it was either, you know, Marine comes home just, you know, for a celebration or, you know, bad Marine kills, you know, shakes baby to death or, you know, so it was kind of an either or thing like that. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of, you know, drug busts and stuff like that. And, and Allison lived at the courthouse. She always, you know, she always was trying to get the scoop. I mean, she, that was her, she wanted to be the first to report and she developed a great relationship with the sheriff down there and law enforcement. And they all knew her and trusted her. Well, there was, um, you know, there was there was one time that a you know that that the one of the law enforcement her, her contacts there said hey Allison we've got a we're, we're working on a case, on a development here and just wanted to give you the heads up on it but you can't you know you got to embargo this you can't say anything until mm. you know this thing breaks which she didn't well it got word got out and another station ran the story well oh. her, yeah and her her newsroom was, you know, it was like, 
oh, you can't do, you know, why didn't you do that? It's like, because I have ethics. And so as at the end of the day, you know, the, they, she was vindicated through all of this and the other station basically got cut off from, from any dealings with, you know, with the, with law enforcement. So yeah, I guess a few weeks later, you know, there was, they called Allison back. So, so th- at that point she was, cause they can't, they couldn't just ignore it, but they would call Allison to tell them what was going on. And then they'd wait about, you know, four or five hours and call the other stations. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. That is, so, you so, can't put a price tag on that kind no, of contact. You can't. Yeah. And, and so, so she, they said, look, there's going to be a big bus going down at this you know, meth. So she said, Oh, great. She said, well, I'm going to get the live truck. They only have one live truck. So they, they get a live truck to go out to this, to the scene. Mm. And, um, so, you know, it's, she's, she's going to go live at, at 10 o'clock. It was, yeah, I guess it was 10 o'clock. And so, um, you know, it was about a quarter till they're all set up, they're ready to go They're You know, she's watching what's going on with this thing. And the the captain or whoever was in charge of this investigation at about a quarter to 10 goes, okay, boys, that's it. We're good. Let's, let's wrap it up. And she's like panicked. She's like, but, but I, I'm going to, please, can you like, I, I've got to go live here. And can you, you know, what can we do? And he said, Oh, Alice, don't worry about it. Allison. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'll take care of you. So what do they do when they, you know, when they, when she goes live, he turns on the, he gets all the cops to turn the, you know, their, the light bars on. So there's their lights going, there's all this stuff. And they're, you know, these guys are walking around, you know, pretending you know, on with, with uh, notepads and stuff like they're writing stuff down <laughs> that they weren't. I mean, they were basically recreating. Sorry, it, it just. They recreated it for her. They recreated it for her because they trusted her. Just incredible. It's always hard for me to get through that. I love telling the story, Mm. but it, it just, it, it's hard to get through because that kind of rapport with her and because they, they did, they, they trusted her. Yeah. And it wasn't make, you know, that wasn't fake news. They weren't trying to, you know, you, we could, and I said in my book, it's like, oh, people say, oh, see, they're doing fakes. No, they weren't. I mean, they were just basically doing what they did, but they did it for her. Yeah. So they clearly respected her professionalism and, yes. and knew they would get a straight deal with her. And yeah. uh, that, that doesn't always happen in journalism, unfortunately. And uh, nope. sometimes we see examples of that, but clearly that was not the case with Allison. And uh, yeah, what an incredible. Thank you for that, Andy. Um, I have to ask you with Andy's fight, uh, obviously, there's a practical effect to forming Andy's fight, this pack. But there's got to be a healing aspect of it, too. Do you find that, you know, forming this organization and reaching out to people, uh, do you find that is helping you to cope with her loss even seven years down the road? I mean, you never fully heal, but no, you don't. And, yeah. and it, you know, if I weren't be, you know, if I weren't doing this, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, yeah. it it's, you know, you try and you, you find your purpose and you, mm. you, you have to do something to try and make a difference. And that's what I, you know, Allison 
made a difference in life. And that's yeah. what I'm trying to do is just, you know, in essence, following her footsteps and, and try and do as much as I can and, 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 and make the most of a, of a, you know, what was a, a terrible situation. And, yeah. and, you know, one thing in that, I, one thing that really heartened me was when, uh, the campaign ended and I had, you know, I mean, we had expenses, but, you know, I was able to raise a, a good chunk of, uh, you know, a good chunk of money. But, you know, the right thing to do, you know, was was to call, you know, or to email or and, and in most cases, I well, we did. A, I did a combination The my my top donors, I called personally. Yeah. And, you know, and emailed everybody else because I had 2000 individual donors. Um, and I I basically told these, you know, everybody, look, you know, this isn't this. And I didn't go into detail because, I mean, you're the first person really that's, you know, from, um, you know, from a media perspective that that has heard the, you know, the, the nitty gritty on this. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, and, and, you know, when you tell people, you know, what actually happened, you know, and I didn't want to do I, as much as I wanted to tell that story to the press, look, your name's on it. You're responsible. You're the captain of the ship. You can't, you know, it's, it's, it's on you. Yeah. So basically what I said is, you know, told people was this didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. I put my faith in people that let me down. Um, and that was the extent of it. I said, but you know, that have, having been said, I want to try and do something with this and support candidates that are committed to the things that I'm interested in. And that is, you know, common sense gun legislation, which thankfully we, we made a small step toward, uh, yeah. uh, Congress did, but we still have, a you know, we, we've got to get, a, get rid of assault weapons and, mm-hmm. and high capacity magazines. So that was yep. one piece of it. And of course, then the the issue to um, reform social media. But I said, I want to help support candidates. I want something to, to, you know, to this money to go to candidates, to help candidates that, that are in line with, you know, what I believe in and what I think you believe in. Mm-hmm. And so I sent that, I, you know, talked to the, the individual donors, you know, probably about 20 of them uh, of my biggest donors. And then I emailed, it to all the the rest of the donors and i'm sitting there you know wait before all this happened i'm waiting for the pitchforks and the torches to show up at my doorstep with people you know how dare you do this and da, da, da. bob you know out of the 2000 people uh, 2000 donors uh that contributed to my campaign you know how many people wanted their money back i would imagine very few seven seven wow I was, you know, I was heartened and stunned at the same time. So, um, so yeah, I mean, people, I think believe in the project and, and, um, it's, it's been, you know, so far so good, you know, we're really just now getting started with it, um, and planning, you know, what to do, uh, with, uh, with regard to tactics and, you know, it's going to be bare knuckle stuff. I mean, we're, you know, I'm, we're not pulling any punches. We're going to do stuff like billboards that, you know, uh, you know, that, that essentially troll the other, you know, the bad guys. If good, you will. good. Cause good, that's good. more, that's more fun than, you know, <laughs> I mean, I could have set it up where I just go, okay, Elaine Luria, here's, you know, $10,000 or whatever it is, but I'd much rather do something that, that, 
that me and Cliff can concoct to, <laughs> yeah. to do some really good. Uh, and I, I assure you, Cliff won't let you down either. We're talking oh, about Cliff Schechter yeah. here. Yeah, Cliff yeah. Schechter is yeah. one of the best, one of the best in yeah. the businesses, especially when it comes to messaging. So, yeah. And, yeah, and you know, the message that we, we just want to do some, tro- you know, we want to troll these guys. We, you know, <laughs> we we want to do some rat fuckery. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's the plan. Right, right. Um, Have any other uh, families of gun victims reached out to you? I know I just, I recently met Fred Gutenberg. We were on a show together. We were on a podcast together. And I had a chance to uh, chat with him uh, briefly. And uh, he seems like a really great guy. Obviously, he lost a, a child yeah. at uh, Parkland, I believe it yeah. was. Um, yeah. So do you? Fred and I, yeah, yeah we're friends. And, and we we communicate on a, on a regular basis. I mean, his daughter... You know, like Allison, there's, you know, his daughter was a dancer too. And, and, uh, so, so yeah, I, I know, you know, sadly, I wish I had met these folks in a different way, but you know, we're all members of the club that no one wants to join. (laughs) Yeah. God damn it. Um, part of this is, uh, your, your, your slogan is kind of guns and Google. Um, talk about the social media reform aspect of Andy's fight. What, first of all, what kind of prompted you to go down that road and what is it specifically that you're doing along those lines? Well, what prompted me to go down that road is this has been a very public, uh, fight as it were, mm-hmm. you know, Allison was killed on live television. Right. And that video, you know, the, the, the shooters GoPro video, as well as the, the video that, that Adam, her, her cameraman took, uh, you know, those videos have been floating around on, on Facebook and YouTube and still are. That's gotta be, that's gotta be torturous for you. Well, it's, you know, it's torturous in the sense that, I know it's out there. Yeah. It's not torturous because I've never seen it. I don't want to see it. I've come close to stumbling into it a few mm-hmm. times, but you know, fortunately I've been able to, to avoid it, yeah. but um, it, it's, you know, just knowing number one, that it's out there and for, for people that can stumble upon it. I mean, obviously it it would be tra- traumatizing for me and my family, mm-hmm. but just for anybody else that, that happens upon it. I mean, they shouldn't see, you know, they shouldn't have to be subjected to that kids. I mean, you know, kids can get, can see it. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's been, that's been my fight to get, you know, and I've been fighting it for six years now, or, you know, actually six and a half years to, to fight Google and, or, and these platforms to get them to remove this. Well, the problem is, is that they won't, I mean, they just, and they, they won't because they don't have to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have, uh, I've been maintaining for years and, you know, but, you know, working with people that, that are down in the weeds technically with this stuff that know that, you know, these, these platforms and Francis Hogan, who was the Facebook whistleblower validated everything I've been saying. And that is these platforms monetize my daughter's murder, not just hers, but, you know, other stuff. Yep. They want to keep you on there. There is no incentive for them to get rid of violent content or harassment or, <sighs> you know, whatever the case or, or ghost gun sales or illegal drugs. I mean, yeah. they want you on their platforms mm-hmm. because that's how they make money. And so, um, 
you know, my, my solution is, you know, you know, people say, well, you know, if you, if you take away, well, they, they do this because, and they, they can get away with it because of section 230 of the communications decency act that was passed in 1996. And what it did was it gave again, total immunity for any kind of liability for these platforms. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, in 96, it all sounded fine. No big deal. Um, You know, and it was created to, the law was created to promote freedom of expression, nothing to get in the way of, of anything on this new, you know, exciting medium, you know, called the internet. Well, but nobody envisioned Facebook and and Google and YouTube at that point. And so, what they, you know, what they've done, you know, the 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 guys, the the original founders of Google said, you know, our motto is "Don't be evil." Well, then they they changed it. I don't know what it is now, but clearly they they you know completely disregarded their mantra, and now it's just well, you know, that, sorry, but let's let's make money, and. Um, so that's what they do. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, uh, so that's, that's, you know, why that's what prompted me to get into this It is because, you know, again, it's, it's not just for me, you know, there are other families that have been abused like this as well. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a laundry list of them and there's nothing that they can do about it. Um, so, you know, I've, you know, my, my, solution to it is pretty simple and it's basically stealing from a law professor that was at the uh at at um in mass in in uh oh hell where was she She, in massachusetts i don't think she was at harvard but but Mm -hmm. it was you know it was something of that you know in that ilk but she's now at uva and you know she said basically uh you know it should be section 230 which you know, is the whole sticking point here. It should be amended to reserve the immunity for platforms acting like responsible guardians of our privacy. But if they don't take reasonable steps to prevent unlawful uses of their services that create harm to others, then they don't get immunity. So, you know, if we incentivize these platforms to proactively tackle illegality, you know, hate speech, bullying, violent content, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, rather than encouraging it, then, you know, let's reward them for it. And if they don't, then, if, you know, if they don't make a reasonable, um, if they don't take reasonable steps, then then they should be open to liability. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Open, you know, for lawsuits. And I guarantee you, I've, I've said this over and over again, if they're open for any kind of litigation, they'll they'll clean this stuff. This stuff will stop immediately because, <laughs> you know, people would sue them out of existence. Okay, one last break. Back with more Andy Parker right after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to especially a platform like Facebook, which is so abusive to its mm. users it is i mean i could start listing examples a mile long and be here you know well past uh, christmas or something you know it would yeah. take forever to name all of the things but i think some form of uh regulation on that some form to incentivize some change to actually benefit users of these platforms would be uh, an immense yeah. accomplishment yeah because you know listen this, this, you know, posting violent content and murder on social media, it's not free speech, right? It's savagery. And it's, it's undermining the very fabric of our society. And, and I think, as you saw in my announcement video, you know, these, what, what they, what these platforms do is they radicalize these kids, yeah. you know, or kids, adults, who, whomever, you know, with, with this disinformation and this hate speech, I mean, all this, this cesspool, uh, that radicalizes them and, and, you know, where the, the guns and Google hook comes in, it, it's, you know, there is an inextricable relationship, an evil symbiotic relationship between gun violence and social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, and these, these kids, you know, they, they were kids. I mean, they were bo more boys than, than men. Uh, and they, they bought assault weapons right after their 18th birthday. And one, you know, shot up the store in Buffalo and one shot up the, you know, went to the school in Uvalde. Yeah. Uh, and it's just on and on and on. So, you know, if we don't do something about this, you know, and, and that's why, you know, I'm this, the Andy's fight pack is doing something different because it is combining the two it's, it's linking these two, you know, evils together. Mm -hmm. Um, to, to try and affect some change. Yeah, it's really important as far as shaving the sharp corners off of our gun culture in this country. And one of the examples I always talk about, Andy, is uh, every time there's another election cycle, certainly in the midterms, and we're seeing some of this now, you get a lot of uh, mostly, and I would say 99.9% .9 of them are Republicans, putting out videos in which they're showing their followers how to... Uh, shoot things that they don't like, whether it's a piece of right. legislation, whether it's their opponent. I mean, we saw an ad a couple of months ago of a candidate. Yeah. I think it was an incumbent Greitens. candidate. Yeah, yeah. Great. yeah. well, Greitens was, a, he's an ongoing offender when it comes to that. He is, yeah. years and years, he's been doing that sort of thing. But there was another one where it was sort of an Old West shootout where oh, you, know, you got a Republican yeah, yeah. That was, shooting that was, Democratic leadership, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. And that was the guy that's running against Mark Kelly. Right, right. And, and I mean, so, which makes it even more despicable, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, exactly. It, it is. I mean, but that and that's the thing. These people, you know, and it's I would say it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent Republican. Yeah, yeah. And they have no, you know, I they know better, you know, because I've you know I've tried to reason with with you know various uh, congressional you know folks. And I mean, from Susan Collins to my quote unquote rep, uh, Morgan Griffith, mm -hmm. they know mm -hmm. better. 
they know better and but they're you know they they ha- they lack the courage to to go against their you know their batshit crazy uh constituents yeah and and, and let's make you know make no mistake those people they are batshit crazy i mean you can't reason with them you know anything that you do that will that suggests okay well maybe you know an assault weapons ban is a is is a good idea nope no it, i mean anything we had a you know i'll give you an example we we had you know virginia has probably the most specialty license plates in the country <laughs> and one of them that we had i mean normally it's like you know save the whales or something like that and it's like token you know okay yeah check the box that's fine make that plate <laughs> well our you know you know some of our folks came up with one that said stop gun violence that was it not let's take away your guns we're coming after your guns just stop gun violence and it showed a hand held up with a heart a broken heart how and how that, terribly offensive so offensive <laughs> oh it's terrible well the the house majority leader at the time who is now the or actually yeah the majority leader a guy named Todd Gilbert uh who who looks like this you know you know, right out of a, a Nazi, you know, skinhead, um, you know, horror movie. Oh my God. So he's, he's the guy that said, you know, literally said, if, if, you know, if you pass this bill or, you know, or this resolution or for this license plate, it's tantamount. It's the first step toward, you know, repealing the second amendment. Now, <laughs> how, I mean, God, that's what you're dealing damn. with. Yeah, it's, it's absolutist. I mean, it is a complete absolutist view. And, you know, they take that, you know, that opinion to, to to guns to, you know, we're seeing now it's like, oh, how dare you? You know, how can you raid the president's, you know, residence? If look what the look what the FBI is doing, you know, if they did that to him, he could do it for you. Yes, because he's a freaking criminal. That's why mm-hmm. they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, but but they you know, it's like, no, we. We only we we only want to we only want to support the police and the FBI if it's going after other people, not us. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I was going to say, too, about those uh, videos, those uh, campaign commercials or whatever the hell you call them, uh, where they're shooting the Affordable Care Act or they're shooting the tax code. Uh, Rand Paul has one where he's firing an AR-15 at the tax code. My God. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you see that circulating mainly on social media. These aren't necessarily TV ad buys. This is viral on social media. And I keep wondering why the hell they're allowed to stay up. Clearly, this is telling followers of these candidates that, yeah, it's okay to uh, shoot the things you don't like in politics. And then we see things like the insurrection happening on on Capitol Hill and uh, and similar examples. And, well, yeah, you can kind of draw that relationship between uh, political leaders saying, yes, it's okay to shoot the things you don't like. And then people going out and actually shooting the things they don't like. Right. Because you have a lot of people that... (laughs) that that aren't the sharpest tools in the shed yeah you know all these people that have been convicted in the in the uh january 6th attack well Mm -hmm. you know donald trump told me to do that yeah that's why i win and they see it on facebook and facebook becomes or or twitter for that matter or instagram and on down the line becomes a platform for that kind of eliminationist rhetoric and there's no excuse for it 
nope, there isn't. So, you know, if, if um, I have also said many times that if, if Facebook and Google, um, Twitter does a, actually, you know, a, a decent job in, in content moderation, but, yeah. but if, and that's probably why the re, one of the reasons that the Republicans are all pissed off at them. But uh, if, um, you know, if, if, if these platforms had the same, you know, if these platforms had, had the same edit, sorry, letting the dogs out, if they had, <laughs> had to have the same editorial oversight mm-hmm. as CNN or the Washington post or hell, even Fox news, which is probably not the greatest example, but <laughs> no. any, any, you know, media, uh, you know, outlet, you wouldn't have this stuff, but they have no content moderation and, and they don't want it. And, um, you know, again, that's what, you know, what Andy's fight is trying to do. You know, we need to, you know, it's, it's easy to get the candidates, the, you know, the, the it's, it's not going to be a hard sell for, uh, you know, for me to, to go to, uh, say Abby Spanberger and say, Hey, you know, I want to help your, your campaign here. We're a super PAC, so we're not going to tell you what we're going to do, but we're going to, you know, we're going to do something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's because you're, you know, because you're good on the gun issue, but it's another thing. It's, it's a harder sell to get, you know, the commitment from, from some of these folks that say, yeah, we need to do something about social media. Mm-hmm. We need to fix this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that that's going to be, that's going to be kind of an interesting uh, a challenge there. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like, you know, when I, when I testified before the Senate Ju- judiciary committee at the behest of Senator Maisie Hirono, um, her, her legal counsel, I, I, you know, when, when we filed uh, an FTC complaint against Facebook, you know, literally the week after Francis Hoggins testimony. And I called, I called him and I said, Jeff, you know, do you think this is going to move the needle? Because it got a lot of press and it got a lot of attention and, you know, a lot of buzz. And I thought, well, you know, maybe this is going to, maybe this is what's going to, you know, create some momentum on this. He said, you know, he said, you might see something on antitrust, which is kind of percolating out there, even as we speak. He said, but the problem is, he said, the problem is everybody knows what the problem is. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they know what the problem is with social media. They just don't know how to fix it. Right. And so I would suggest, you know, Hopefully, if any of them are listening, you know, to, to the earlier piece, I said, "There's your solution right there. Just yeah. let's let's you know, we don't have to burn the whole thing down. We can we can tweak it." Well, the website is andysfight.com. I have a link in the description for that. Also, you can follow Andy on Twitter at Andy Parker VA. I got a link to that as well. And uh, what was the name of your book again, Andy? For Allison. Yes. The murder of a young journalist in a father's fight for gun safety. And okay. it's, uh, I believe it's still on Amazon. I, if it hadn't sold out, I, you know, somebody you, we'll be able to find you a copy if you need one. Okay, so. sounds good. Well, I'll put a link uh, in the description too for the book as well, cool. and then uh, everyone's on their own from there. It's sold out. Great, <laughs> you know, great yeah. for you. Um, but thank you, Andy. No, great for the publisher. I didn't make much money on it. It was not. A- <laughs> You know, the the interesting thing is that you know my my agent you know who who was you know her her first book mm-hmm. her 
Her first book was The Bridges of Madison County. Right. Oh so my I thought, God. I wow. Said, Man, I'm in good hands here. Well, yeah. She shopped it around. She shopped it around to all these publishers and they, you know, universally said, love the story, hate the subject matter. You know, books about hmm. gun violence, they just don't, or, or anything even remotely associated with it, it's, it's a tough sell. Yeah. So I went with, you know, I, I, got I mean I got it published with through a small publisher but not with the kind of juice that that you know a Simon and Schuster or a little brown have but um you know hey I look I did it for me I did it you know for my friends and family you know it was it was a very cathartic experience yeah. I think it's it it's you know it's a good story I mean it it's you know I think Allison would have been proud of it mm-hmm. um you know and the folks that did read it and I got good cover quotes from, you know, folks, yeah, in Tim yeah, Kane and huge list of A-listers yeah. in there. Yeah, absolutely. Tim Kane did the, uh, forward, right? He did the forward. Yeah. Terry McAuliffe did the uh, cover quote as did, uh, you know, the one that really surprised him was Lawrence O'Donnell. Yes. Yeah, it's like, man, you, huge. he read it. I mean, you know, right. most of the time, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, here's this book. It's like, no, he actually read the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just incredible. And it's an amazing memorial for Allison getting her story on the record. I think that is incredibly important as well. It's not just it's not just a, uh, you know, one of those things where we dash off a memoir and hope people buy it. This is something that commemorates, I think, an incredible journalist who had an immense future ahead of her that was deprived yeah. because of the proliferation of firearms in this country, at least partially. And uh, I, I thank you so much, Andy, for uh, coming on today and, and telling your story, telling Allison's story. It was a real genuine honor. And, uh, you know, we, we throw those things, those kinds of words, those sentiments around quite often. But this was uh, genuine. And uh, I thank you so much for sharing. Well, I appreciate it, Bob, and th- thanks for allowing me to tell my story. Yeah, best of luck it. with Andy's fight. If there's anything I can do to help out, if you need to post another Twitter video, just let me know. I'm your guy. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. He's he's Bob is not only a great uh, podcaster, but he's a technical guru too. <laughs> right? Yes. Please keep saying that, even though it's not entirely true, but okay. (laughs) All right, Andy. Thank you so much, my friend. Really appreciate it. You bet. Take Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Try.